Let's recite the Lord's Prayer together. Would you do that with me at this time? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Priorities. What are your priorities? I was reading this a few weeks ago, actually, a couple of famous quotes. This one uh, goes like this. It says, uh, you know, the young people of today think of nothing but themselves. They have no reverence for parents or old age. They're impatient and have no restraint. They talk as if they knew everything and they pass for the wisdom. Uh, you know, they pass off the wisdom from elders like it's foolishness with them. And girls, they're forward, immodest, uh, unwomanly in their speech, behavior, and dress. Another one. The children today are just spoiled. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for their elders. They no longer rise when their elders come into the room. They contradict their parents. They talk. Uh, they talk when they should not be talking, and they just simply gobble up their food at mealtime. They're tyrants, and not only that, they're tyrants to their teachers. Well, uh, the first quote came from Socrates in 400 B.C., and the other one was, was from Assad in 700 B.C. Uh, now, while I would admit things are tough today for children, um, all of our history, people have always thought, oh, this generation, we're in big trouble. But truth be told, what are our priorities? What are the priorities for your life in the life of your family? What are your priorities and how do you determine what they are? And where are you spending your time? So, in our lives, um, you know, there are different things in our lives that, you know, we sometimes uh, can classify. And I'm going to classify three areas of our life with three objects. Uh, the first one is rubber, the next one's metal, and the third one's glass. So there are things in our life that are made out of rubber, so to speak. They're just like a rubber ball. If you drop them, it'll be okay. No big damage, no harm. Matter of fact, they'll a lot of times just bounce right back. So what are those things in our life that are rubber? Well, entertainment, sports, parties, socials. If you drop one, it's not that big a deal. You can totally recover. It's not the end of the world. I know sometimes people think, I, 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 I miss this party. I miss this movie. You're going to be all right. It has nothing to do with eternity. It's rubber. Now, there are other things in our lives that are metal. And when they drop, they make a loud noise. And it gets our attention. Our house, our job, our money. There are things that we need to address and we need to look into and we need to take care of, but they're not eternal. Not as far as what we do financially, not so much as what we do uh, with our home. I'm not saying you can't minister with it, but I'm saying in itself, those things are neutral items. They're not eternal items. There's only a couple things that are eternal. Number one is your faith. Glass, 
If I drop this and it shatters, that's a consequence. That is an impact. There's an impact for eternity. My family, my children, my wife. If I drop these, it has a long-term impact. Matter of fact, it's eternal. Faith, our family, what do we do with the gospel that's been given to us? How does it impact our lives? Is it a priority? What is the priority of your life today? The priority of your life, things that are made out of rubber? Are they things that are made out of metal? Are they things that are made out of glass? I want us to look at two different sections of Scripture today. And this is our family service, so we have our children in here. So uh, we're going to try to hit all four learning styles. Um, We're going to try to do the audio. uh, We're going to try to do the, the visual uh, you've got reading and writing where you can take notes if you want to. And, and kinesthetic, we're even going to use our hands, our body, uh, to remember things. And that will really help us. And there are two areas of priority that I believe Jesus, first one Jesus taught about, the other one uh, has been long-term. We'll look at it in just a moment. When Jesus was asked the question, um, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? You know what he quotes? The Shema, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So we're going to look at that in just a moment on how to love God and how to love our neighbors. But I often wonder, what would it be like if Jesus would have taught us? What if he would have taught us as children? What would that have looked like? Well, uh, though there's probably poetic license, I want to show you through uh, the show, The Chosen, which I think does a beautiful job. So if you would, turn your attention to the screen right now. priorities. You know, a lot of the Bible is descriptive. And what does that mean? It means it describes what has happened and what's going on, what different men and women, uh, how they endured and what they experienced, mistakes they've made. But some of it's prescriptive. And so I want us to look at two uh, areas today that we're given some prescriptive teaching on. The first one, the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And we're just going to do four, four simple points. Uh, And then uh, Jesus talked about the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And we'll see uh, some other instructions that do do just those two things. So even the prayer, you can see it as uh, about God and about how we treat our fellow man. So four priorities, four truths here in this prayer that I think are important for everyone. Uh, if you know it, teach your children. If, uh, if your children know it, let them teach somebody, okay? Uh, but these are great. We, we ought to know these. If we're following Christ, uh, here are some, uh, some simple principles that I think are important for us to understand. So in Matthew 6, when Jesus was asked the question by his disciples, uh, Jesus teaches how to pray. How do we pray? And Jesus shares with them what we now call the Lord's Prayer that we just quoted a while ago. And what does he say? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We see that Jesus, right from the beginning, says, first, recognize the holiness, the reverence, the supremacy of God. There's one God. That's what the Shema said. You saw the children quoting it. A hero ear, Israel, the Lord God is one. There's one God, and you shall love him with all your heart, soul, and mind. The supremacy of God, we have to start there. Do we believe that there is a God 
and that he is the finisher and the author. He is the author and finisher of our faith, that he is the one who created us. He knows all things. He knows us, and he desires to be in relationship with us. The supremacy of God, that there's none above him. There is nothing above him, and we recognize that, and we live with that understanding in mind. So Jesus starts right there. Our Father, who's in heaven, the one who's created us, who's in heaven, holy is your name. Reverend is your name. Mighty, powerful is your name. Then he goes on, and we see the second one. He says, your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom, not my kingdom, not our Republican or Democratic kingdom, what, not whatever party it is that you're with, he's saying about your kingdom, God. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus is saying, pray for the kingdom of God, for all who need Christ, for all who know Christ. Not, not just at your church, but the, the big C. Those who, are, those who have found themselves in need of Christ, those who have trusted him, the kingdom work where God is the king. Christ Jesus reigns as our King and Lord, and we follow him, and we seek to encourage others to be a part of that kingdom and to be a part of that philosophy of loving God and loving others. So we see we must understand the supremacy of God through his prayer and the kingdom of God. But he doesn't stop there. What does he say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. What do I see right there? I see the grace and forgiveness of God. That is a hallmark priority. It's a hallmark theme right there. Matter of fact, if we miss that, we must first understand the supremacy of God, that he is God and he has a kingdom that he wants us to be a part of. And we experience forgiveness through the grace of God. Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves. In other words, not of your own goodness, but because of what Christ has done for us, that he truly lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we should have died. And so it's by grace that we're saved through faith. And we forgive just as we have been forgiven. We're never more like Jesus than when we forgive. The supremacy of God, the kingdom of God, the forgiveness and grace of God. And then he says this, lead, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me give you an illustration. Now, I grew up in Louisiana. It's a small rural town. Uh, most of you know that. And we had this one grocery store. That's pretty much all we had was one grocery We had two, but then they shut one down. So we had this one, and um, some of you have probably heard of it. You don't need to make fun of me. Uh, this is where we bought groceries. And uh, some of you have heard of it, but it was called, and I'm not, not making this up, Piggly Wiggly. That was our grocery store. My dad called it Hoggly Woggly. But Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Now, how many of you have ever shopped at a Piggly Wiggly? Raise your hand. You're, you just gave up your, yourself, okay? So there's no one under 40 raising their hands right now. Um, so Piggly Wiggly. So we'd go into Piggly Wiggly. I'd go with my mom. And I always wanted to take the cart and guide the cart. And when we got in there, I wanted to take it down the candy aisle. That's what I called it. But my mom uh, would always steer, even though I'm pushing, she would steer and she, we would go to the produce aisle. 
And we'd go get the vegetables and we'd get meat and eggs and milk. And then we go to the bread aisle. And I'm always trying to get, mom, let's go over here. Because I want to go to the candy aisle. Because if it had been me, here's what I'd done. I'd taken that whole car and just filled it up with candy and cookies. And I would just gone home and I'd eat it and brought all my teeth out. Because I didn't know any better. I kept thinking, this is where I want to go, mom. Can't you understand? And sometimes she would, if I was being good, which wasn't often. But sometimes if I was being good, she might say, um, you can go get one item and bring it over here. But you see, she was guiding me. She was delivering me and taking me the direction I needed to go. But I wanted to go another direction. And the Spirit of God, when we trust Christ, is always moving in our heart. Now, sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes we go, I'm going to candy aisle. <laughs> or we go, God, I want more candy. How come other people get to eat more candy than I do? That's not fair. I don't have candy a lot, but sometimes I like to eat candy. And we kind of get in this mindset. And Jesus is saying, you know what? I'm not leading you into temptation. I'm taking you in the direction you go. And you may not like it. You may say, I don't like vegetables. You need it. And my, what's more is my kingdom needs it. So I'm delivering you from evil. Follow me. Trust me. Now, those are four good prescriptive points for us. Understanding the supremacy of God, understanding the kingdom of God, understanding the grace and forgiveness of God, and understanding the provision, the protection of God. So, let me give you one more. It's family day. Let me give you one thing. I want to teach you one more thing here uh, that Jesus uh, was well aware of and well acquainted with and taught as well. And we're going to look at the Ten Commandments real briefly. And I'm going to teach you how to learn those in ten minutes where you have them memorized. And I want you to remember this about the Ten Commandments. They're not just random rules. The first four are about God. They're about how we look at God, how we worship God, how we honor God. So that's what the first four are. The second six are how we love our neighbor, how we are to live in society. So it's about who God is, and then it's about how we love our neighbor. It's the two greatest commandments. What did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's what the first four of the commandments are. And then secondly, what is it? The second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what these next six are. All right, so let's start. And if you'll do these with me, you'll memorize these in five minutes. You may say, I think you did this once about six years ago. I did. Come on up here and help me if you remember. And uh, we'll do it together. Uh, the first one. Are you ready? You shall have no other gods before me. There's one God. There's one God, and you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. So you put up a finger one, all right? There's one God. Number two, all right? Thou shalt not bow to idols. You got two fingers, and the other finger is bowing to the idols. And I know some of you are thinking, I don't ever bow to idols. I'm cool on this one. Hey, remember which idol is, even in our vernacular? It's what you value most. It's what you love most. And if you love anything more than God, then that has become your idol. So number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not bow to idols. Number three, uh, you know, sometimes when I was younger and I'd say something I shouldn't, my mom would put her fingers over my mouth. You ever had that one? Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. Number three, so it's three, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name. And then the fourth one about God here is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath like a temple there, and keep it holy. All right, those four about God. So let's see if we have these. Number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not bow to idols. Number three, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. Number four, 
Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. All right, so you have the four about God. So now let's do the next six. Number five, this was my father's favorite commandment. He loved to quote it. Um, <laughs> thou shalt honor thy father and mother. Just like the salute, thou shalt honor thy father and mother. All right, now you got five. Number six, thou shalt not murder. It's like you made a gun. This is one that we need to be teaching our culture right now. Thou shalt not murder. All right, so we've got those six. Now we're going to the seventh one. And boys and girls, I know you're in here. Ask your mother and father to explain this to you later. But thou shalt not commit adultery. That's like our fingers are walking in a direction they should not be going. All right? So thou shalt not commit adultery. All right? That's number seven. Number eight. All right? Number eight. Are you ready for this one? Thou shalt not steal. I've got three fingers. And it's like trying to take something from me. Thou shalt not steal. All right? So let's make sure we have them again. Number one, there are no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not bow to idols. Number three, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and mother. Number seven, or six, excuse me, thou shalt not murder. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. All right, number nine, all right, if you were in a court of law and you had to testify, you'd put your hand on the Bible. You'd probably put these four fingers down and your thumb on the side. And you say, I promise to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So, my God, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not lie. Okay? Thou shalt not lie. And then number 10, thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not envy, if you want to use that word. Thou shalt not envy or be driven by greed. So it's all 10. All right, let's see if we have them. Uh, I'm going to call on a couple people. Um, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, all right, let's see if you can do it. All right, what's number one? Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. Number eight, number nine, and number 10, thou shalt not covet or want what other people want, okay? So there's the 10 commandments. And we've done that through all four learning styles. And you've got good prescription of how to live. And again, that's how God wants us to live, not because he's just making up random rules, but so that we get along well with our fellow man in the first four so that we honor him. It's the purpose for which we were created to bring him glory.